This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, today I want to talk to you about freedom in Christ. You know, Jesus came, you know, and he came to really to set us free from anything that would hinder us from being godly. Amen. Anything that would hinder us from walking that abundant life that Jesus wants us to walk in. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is in John 10, 10. You can go there if you like. But Jesus talks about it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So we know that. But Jesus said, I came that you may have what? Life and have it what? More abundantly. But unfortunately... Some Christians aren't walking in that abundance of life. Amen. And I, w- I don't know about you, but I want abundance in every area. I want abundance of health. How many people want abundance of health? How many people want abundance of strength? Glory to God. How many people want abundance of joy? How about peace? Amen. I don't know about you, but I need, I want that abundance. I want that overflowing life. Amen. And, you know, and the world can take it out of us. Jesus. Isn't that right? Amen. When we're in the world and we're dealing with issues and we're dealing with situations and we're dealing with problems. And if we're, if we're um, more geared towards the natural of things in life, we're going to be down and depressed. Amen. Because, you know, it's, we, we, we tend to look at the natural. But thank God we're not just natural beings. We're supernatural beings because we're new creations in Christ. Old things are passed away and all things become new. We're new creations of Christ. Amen. And so we have a God connection when we're saved. So I want to talk to you about freedom this morning. And unfortunately, there are some people that receive Christ, but they're still bound up in some things. And and hopefully this message will help you to be set free even more in any area that you're dealing with. I mean, some of you might be thinking, you could think right now, is there an area in your life that you wish you were set free of? Amen. Amen? And you're probably thinking right now, yes, I wish I was set free of the chocolate cake that puts the pounds on, right? (laughs) You know, I I am trying, you know, I'm I'm on a quest to get in shape and to get really in in good shape. My my 10-year wedding anniversary is coming up in another month, and I want to look as good or better than the day that Yen married me. Amen? So, so uh, one word is shredded. Amen. I want to get shredded. I'm not talking about shredded cheese. You know, I'm talking about getting shredded. And, but Yin loves to cook and she loves to make all these cookies and cakes and pies. It's hard to have a, to have a good diet when she's making all this food. And I got to learn. And so that's where I said, God, help me. You know, get in shape. Amen. So some of you might be battling the battle of the bulge. God can help you. Amen. God can help you with that. So we got to get God involved. So so I, I, I'm looking at let's look at Galatians 3, 13 and 14. And this is uh, the Apostle Paul writing to the Galatian church. And he actually says here, he says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for his written curses, everyone who hangs on the tree, in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham 
might come unto the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the spirit of faith. <clears throat> so let's look at this. He says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Or you could say Christ has freed us from the curse of the law because Jesus became a curse for us that, um, that he hung on the tree, which means he went to the cross for us. And he became that curse on the cross so that we wouldn't have to walk in any curse. Isn't that good today? And so we, we're, we're free from the curse of the law. We know this. Uh, the curse of the law is threefold. And I, I ministered on this before, but it's worth for me to hit on this again. It's threefold. And one is spiritual death. Uh, the, the curse of not knowing God and having Jesus in your life is spiritual death. And what does that mean? That means that we're, we're cut off from God. If we don't have Jesus in our life, we're cut off from God. And when we die, because if Jesus tarries, we're all going to die. Amen? And so when we die, we have an eternal spirit. And that spirit's going to go somewhere. It's either going to go to heaven or to hell. And if you're connected with Jesus, amen, you're going up. Amen. Jesus will always cause us to go up. Amen. Amen. The devil will always cause us to go down. Amen. Amen. So anyway, so we see this. So spiritual death. I like what John 3, 16 and within spiritual death, uh, spiritual death is actually separation from God. and, And in the spiritual death, it's condemnation. And I'm going to say this, and this is twofold. I want to minister on this point is God not only saved us from spiritual death. That means that we have eternal life in God. Amen. But God has redeemed us from condemnation, which uh, we're going to look at John three sixteen through 18. And we're going to focus on this because condemnation means uh, you're condemned and there's no way out. And I'm going to say this to you today. It doesn't matter if you're dealing with, as a Christian, if you're dealing with an issue of sin in your life, there's always a way out. There's always a way out. It doesn't matter what situation you may be dealing with poverty today, but Jesus is the way out of our poverty. Amen. Amen. Would you agree with that? And I have some scripture. Jesus is the way out of of our unforgiveness. Amen. And so and so really so spiritual death and, and when, when the it happened when the fall of man when, when Adam and Eve when they when they transgressed the law of God they ate the forbidden fruit and when they ate that forbidden fruit they fell and they became spiritual dead people. Amen. And so in John 3:16 and 18 have you found that? It says here, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, we hear this all the time, but think about this. When, you know, in in John, the gospel of John, I read this scripture last week. It says, for those who believe in Jesus, uh, God gave them the right the right to become 
children of God. Say, I have rights. I have you know, as if you're an American citizen and we are celebrating Independence Day on, uh, on the 4th and, and we're celebrating that day. And, and, you know, as an American citizen, you have rights. Amen. You have rights to free speech. Glory to God. You have right. You know, it's called the Bill of Rights. Amen. You have you have rights to vote. You have rights. Amen. Amen. And so we need to take advantage of the rights that God has given us. And we have eternal life in Jesus. And with all that comes all the blessings that Jesus paid for on the cross. And we just need to receive those rights. Amen. Amen. And so here, he says here, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish. What does that mean, should not perish? End up in hell. Amen. Uh, Die and go to hell. But have everlasting life, which means live and go to heaven. Amen. And it says here, for God uh, did not sin. Now, this is really key right here. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. Notice it says that God did not send Jesus in the world to condemn the world. Amen. Amen. Because condemnation means no way out. See, listen, even if you failed yesterday, you know, and, and you feel condemned. Well, the enemy is, is making you feel that way. God convicts us of righteousness. Amen. God will convict the sinner you know, of the fact that he's not in right relationship with God and he needs to get right. And so, but God convicts us of righteousness. Amen. Amen. You're not made right just by your being a good person in Christ. You're made right by the blood of Jesus and your faith in the blood of Jesus. And so we have to get this idea that our performance will either make us right in God's eyes or wrong in God's eyes. Really, no, it's, it's how we believe makes us right in God's eyes or wrong in God's eyes. Amen. Amen. And it's believing in the blood. Now, listen, if you're in sin, you can always get out of that by going to 1 John 1, 9, confessing your sins. And God is faithful to, uh, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So, so, so you can get out of any bad situation that you may be dealing with. The Bible says, draw near to God. And he'll run from you. That's right. Draw. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I think about this, that this is really powerful because we're free. And I'm going to go a little off my notes here, but we're free from trying to be perfect in Christ. In other words, in other words, we're free from condemning ourselves from, from not being perfect. In other words, we're not going to be perfect. Amen. We're going to miss it. Yes. And thank God for his grace. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says, you know, where sin abounds, grace abounds much less. Lord. That's right. Where sin abounds. So where you might be missing it, the grace of God is bigger then the sin or the situation that the, you know, the bad habit that we're dealing with, God's grace is bigger and God's grace is, 
he enables us, amen, to come back to him and to be cleansed by his blood. First John 1, 9. Amen. And so we don't have to get a uh, performance attitude with the father because it's not what. See, God's not always looking at what we do on the outside. He's looking at our heart intent. And so God judges the inward heart of each one of us. And if our heart intent is to do right, then he judges that more than us doing something outward that's wrong. Is that right? And so if you are missing it, hopefully you're not trying to miss it on purpose because none of us, if we're saved, we should even have a heart to miss it on purpose. Amen. It's, we only miss it or sin because of pressure that sometimes we deal with. And that pressure pushes us either to God or pushes us into the dark zone. God. Have you ever been pressured to go into the dark zone? Amen. Am I talking to anybody today? Have you ever just kind of lost your temper? Because, you know, the Bible says, you know, that's a work of the flesh. And, and you know, the, one of the works of the flesh is um, outburst of anger. Amen. Hello. Have you ever had an outburst of anger? Thank God for his grace. <laughs> because if it was just based on us not having outbursts of anger to make it to heaven... Or to be right with God, I wouldn't make it. <laughs> Some of you might be calm and peaceful people. But I'm, one of the, I, I, I'm getting there, glory to God. Amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And so, and so for God, amen. Praise the Lord. So somebody say, thank God, thank God for your grace. For your grace. Amen. And notice it says here, for God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believed in him, verse 18, just the very beginning, is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has believed not in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So we know this, that the world, the people without Jesus, they're already condemned. Um, but they can change that by receiving Jesus. Amen. And so this is key because, you know, I think about Jesus and Jesus wasn't, he wasn't a person that went around condemning people. And I was reading in John, the gospel of John, as I was preparing for this message. And John, and and the the first part of John is, was when he was ministering and the, and the Pharisees took a lady that was caught in adultery and threw her in front of Jesus. Now, Jesus is the son of God. Amen. He, he, he also called himself the son of man, but he was a son of God and he's sinless. He's spotless. He has no sin. So if anybody has a right to judge and condemn, Jesus does. Amen. Because Amen? he's perfect. And so and he and he and Jesus preached truth and grace. So whenever he preached, he just didn't preach grace alone. He preached truth and and grace. And so when the lady was thrown, and this is interesting because now Jesus is representing the Father. Jesus is God in action. So so when 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 this lady was thrown in front of his feet, of course, uh, Jesus stooped down and started writing on the ground, the Bible says. He just started doodling on the ground, I guess. And uh, and so and then the Pharisees said, you know, the law she was caught in the very act. 
of adultery. And, um, and the, the law says to stone her, Jesus, what do you think? And they know that Jesus was a man that taught grace and truth. And they wanted to know what side of truth was Jesus standing on. Amen. Is he standing on the truth of the law and what the law is saying? Or is he standing on grace? How? They were trying to mess him up. Amen. They were, you know, because they were trying to get him to say, oh, disregard the law. No, Jesus never disregarded the law of God. He fulfilled the law of God. Grace doesn't, di- doesn't cause, grace, a grace message shouldn't, shouldn't get you to disregard the law. It should get you to obey the law. Amen. And what is the law? The law of love. That's what we're under. Amen. And so really, that's the grace. The grace enables us, gives us the ability to walk in love. When somebody does something wrong and when somebody cusses you out, the grace of God will help you to stay in check. Glory to God. I was watching a video yesterday and uh, of uh, I, I like boxing and I, I, I like watching boxing and I don't watch a lot of it. But um, I was watching some some bo- boxing matches, some old boxing matches. Seems, seems like boxing back in the old days was better than it is today, but I won't go there. And um, if you, any, any boxing enthusiasts out here? Thank you. Thank you very much. And so I was watching this boxing match between Holyfield, Evangel, uh, uh, Holyfield and um, Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson, and, and, and they fought twice. Anybody remember that, those fights? Yes. Now, now, Mike Tyson, he, he just came out of jail, and he, and, and he uh, was of a certain religion. He wasn't a Christian. And, um, and Evangel, Holyfield... A name like Holyfield, you got to be a Christian, right? <laughs> Holyfield, think about that. And he's saved, and he's and uh, and he he's very he makes it very well known. He is a born again Christian, Amen. and um, and so he's fighting uh, Mike Tyson. I believe this was the second fight. I, I, I'm not, I can't remember. I think it was the second fight, and uh, he because he beat Mike Tyson the first time. So I think there was two fights. Is that right? Oh, thank you very much for your box of me. And so I'm watching this fight. It was just small. I wish I could show it today. Man, you guys would love it. And, um, and as they were fighting, um, uh, they showed the clip where Mike went and they were clenched together and bit his ear. Yeah, he <laughs> and he just stepped back like, what did you just do, man? I mean, he, think about this. Professional boxers don't bite ears. Now, if you're a boxer and you're dating somebody and you want to nibble on your girlfriend's, well, that's, nibble is a little different than, have you ever nibbled on your spouse's ear? Try it, okay, okay, but not bite it off. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I'm talking about, I'm talking, he, he bit that man. And, and I, and you know, just seeing that scene, I mean, holy fuck, like, like, he bit me, he was just so, Shocked. Yes. Yes. He was so shocked. And what did, and, and Holyfield is actually, he's talking about this in this little clip. And he said, I wanted to bite him back. No, that's right. Think about that. He wanted to bite Holyfield. I mean, Holyfield wanted to bite Mike Tyson. And he, he, was, he said, I'm going to bite him back. And somebody in his ring must have known God said, Focus on Jesus, man. Focus on Jesus. 
<laughs> I'm telling you, when things are going wrong, you've got to focus on Jesus, man. When, when the devil's trying to bite your ear off, <laughs> it's not right. So, so he's saying, focused on Jesus again. And, and he starts boxing it. And, and uh, Mike Tyson, the second time, went around and bit his ear again. <laughs> what would you have done by now? You would have took him out, right? <laughs> you took your gloves off and asked for forgiveness later. Bit him again. Amen. What Mike Tyson was trying to do was get him off his game. He was trying to knock him out, so he was using a tactic which is totally wrong. And, and, and so Holyfield's praying, Lord, you know I could have bit him the same way. I could have took his ear off. And the Lord said, you guys are two professional boxers. The boxing, you know, everybody looks up to you guys. The Holy Spirit was speaking to him. And you just, you just take the, the boxing down to a low level. You just destroy the whole institution of boxing. And uh, so what do we do? So, so, so what he did was God kept him in check and he won the fight. Amen. Ho- Holyfield won the fight. Yes. And, but the f- battle he, f- he won was not just the battle of points with um, Mike Tyson. He won the battle in himself of retaliating. Amen. Yes. And when we start winning those little battles, when we want to retaliate... Yes. When somebody does us wrong, man, we're growing in Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, you don't have to have, your flesh doesn't have to rule you. I'm telling you, the Bible says it's the love of God that constrains us. Glory to God. And so, and so it's the love of God that will constrain us when everything seems to be going wrong in our lives. It's the love of God that keeps us in church when, when we've been praying and praying and not seeing any answers. But we're still faithful. We're still coming to church. We're still reading our Bible. We're still uh, fellowshipping with other believers. We haven't thrown in the towel. We're still faithful even though it's not looking right. You gotta stay faithful. It's the Spirit of God that will keep you in the fight when you wanna give up and quit. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So we we have freedom today. We have freedom from from condemnation. Yes, we can miss it, but we don't have to be condemned. We can be convicted. The blood of Jesus is always working for the humble person, for those that are humble. Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he, what will he do? He'll raise you up. Amen. We need to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Romans 5, 8, 9 says, but God demonstrated his own love towards us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. What is that saying? That's saying Jesus took the beating of God's wrath upon himself so that we wouldn't have to take the beating. Jesus took it on himself so we can be free of the judgment of God pertaining to our sins. Boy, that's some good news today. Ooh, man, I'm excited about that. Hallelujah. Now let's look at Romans uh, 5, 15, 17. It says this, But the free gift is not like the offense, for by one man's offense many died. 
much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Think about that. Think about that. This is talking about Jesus going across. It's talking about Adam's sin. And Adam, when he sinned, sin entered into the world system. And so when he sinned, you know, uh, we, we are basically the seed of Adam. Amen. And of course, we're the seed of Abraham. But but he was the first man, Adam and Eve. And so and so when he sinned, sin entered into the world and they only sinned by eating the fruit, the, uh, the forbidden fruit. And that almost seems unfair. My God. I thought, man, well, how can this man's sin affects my life? But see, sin entered into our bloodstream. Sin entered into our DNA. It entered into it by the fall of man. It doesn't seem fair. But notice this. It says, it, and it says one offense resulted in, con- it was just one offense. But, but it says, but the free gift, which came from many offenses. In other words, how, how much was Jesus offended? How, what did Jesus go through to, to procure our, our salvation and our liberty? What did he go through? He went through many of He was offended. He went through many offenses. Amen. He was beaten Jesus. with a rod. You know, he was beaten with a whip and he was beaten on the head with a rod. And he, and he took the thorns on his brow and he was, and he was, and he's nailed up on the cross. Yes. And he was ridiculed and mocked at, and made fun of and. Man, many offenses. Yes. Amen. Say, you, say this, I don't want fair. I, don't want, fair. I, want grace. I want grace. Amen. And so it doesn't seem fair that one offense catapulted the human race into sinfulness. But thank God for one righteous act that Jesus did catapults us into heaven. Yes. Catapults us into the blessings of God. Think about that. Hallelujah. And it says here... For the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For in by one man's offense death reigned through the one. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. You, this is a question you may need to ask yourself. How can I reign in life today as a Christian when all these other things are coming against me? You get the abundance of grace which Jesus is the abundance of grace. Jesus is the abundance of grace. And then you get the gift of righteousness. And when you start understanding Jesus as being your abundance of grace, that means that you can walk in the power and the love of God. That means you can constrain, the Holy Spirit will help you constrain yourself from being negative or going off and doing the wrong things. Thank God. And when you understand that you have right standing, not because of your good works or how good you are or or that you're better than your neighbor. No, it's because of Jesus and his good works. And you have faith in that. That will enable you to be a good person. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So I like what one translation says that we shall reign like kings in this life. 
And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of Christians out here that aren't reigning like kings. They're allowing everything to, to get them down. They're allowing everything to bring them down. But listen, man, you got the greater one in you. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We just got to believe that. We got to believe that. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he who made him to, uh, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus was made sin so that we could be made right. Jesus was made wrong so that we could be made right from the cross. Amen? Amen. Number two, we have freedom from physical death and the fear of self-preservation. Amen. So we're free from the fear of physical death. In other words, you shouldn't be afraid to die. Amen. Thank you for that one amen. You're going to be my first martyr. Do we have a firing squad here? <laughs> Who wants to be a martyr in here, man? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> you guys are all afraid to die. I'm looking at a bunch of cowards out here. <laughs> now listen, no, we should have no fear of death. Amen. The reason why we fear death is because we, we don't understand our relationship with God. We don't understand what Jesus has done on the cross. And we don't understand what he, he, what he has willed for us to have. You start studying heaven, and you start looking at all scriptures pertaining to heaven and all that. You may want to get out of here before your time. <laughs> because Paul said, he was one time, Paul was in a place, and he, could have, and he was in a place where, I don't know, maybe he could have got executed early, or he, he was in a place that he could have went to heaven. And he said, you know, I'm betwixt between two, to go to heaven or to stay here, but to stay here is better for you, but to go to heaven is much better for me. You know, heaven's a good place. Amen. I mean, you have to think about this, that heaven, I mean, heaven is like the, the best amusement park or the best vacation you could ever have. Multiply that by a million. Who wouldn't want to go on to Hawaii? Amen. Glory to God. Who, who wouldn't want to go to a place, you know, to think about that. But it's even better than Hawaii. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so in... in Hebrews, it says, in so much, Hebrews 4, uh, 2, 14 and 15, it says, in, in so much that then as the children have partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Talking about Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So what, what, the writer in Hebrews, which we believe it's Paul, he was saying that if you don't know Jesus and you don't have a certainty of your salvation, you're going to be afraid of, of death because you're, you're not really too sure what's going to happen. Now, of course, there's some people that are unbelievers say, oh, man, I'll go to hell, man, anytime. I'm fine with it. But wait until they get on their deathbed. Then they say, oh, God, oh, God, I hope there's no hell, you know. Wait until you get to a place where, where your back's against the wall. You know, when you're healthy and whole and sound, you can sound like a big shot. I don't care about hell. I'll bust it wide open with all my friends. Yeah, you think about it. You're right about it. You better be careful with your words, you know. My God. There are people talking, I don't care. I want to live this. This life is a vapor. 
Hell's a, eternity. Heaven's eternity. This is a vapor. You're, you're willing to trade this vapor life for hell? Oh, man. That's, that's deception. Double deception. Because there's no party in hell. It's all torture. Amen. I don't have time to go over the scriptures because I didn't want to get you excited about hell this morning. Amen. But let me get you excited about heaven. Amen. John 14. You know, Jesus' disciples, this is right before Jesus was going to leave them and uh, go to heaven. And, of course, he wasn't really leaving them. But um, he was going to, of course, go to the cross. And he was telling them, I got to go away and I'm going to go. And they're freaked out about it because Jesus is like their meal ticket. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, Jesus was taking care of the 12 disciples and, uh, for three years. And, and uh, they, you know, they, Jesus was like their man. And for him to say, I'm going, they're like, what, what are we going to do? You know, it's like, like you losing your, your, like you have a job and like you're losing your job. It's like you're losing everything. You know, so, some of us, our job is everything. It should be Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so here, Jesus said to him, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. That's a promise yes, amen. that you can stake your eternity on. That God is preparing a place for us. Glory to God. Amen. And I'm telling you, it's going to be the best place that we've, we've ever experienced in our entire life. It will be a place where we really will call home. It will be a place where there will be no injustice. It will be a place where there will be no murder. There will be no killing, no destroying. It will be a place of eternal life. Yes, thank you, Lord. And, and no dirt. I was cleaning up yesterday with a lot of dirt, man. I'm vacuuming. I'm like, man, when will I be delivered from this dirt? Anybody like that out here? Any, any neat freaks out here? Or do we have a bunch of slobs out here? Maybe if God was one of us, a slob like one of us, right? Amen. So anyway, and so when we're going to be delivered from heaven is perfect. Amen. It's life. Yes. I'm telling you, if you could just take a trip to heaven, you wouldn't come back. You, you took one trip to heaven, and that's why God doesn't take people up to heaven a lot of times. Because they would say, I don't want to come back. Uh-huh. Amen? Because heaven is great. We, we need to have uh, uh, freedom from, from sickness. We should have freedom from sickness and fear of getting sick. That's a good one. Uh, we, we, first of all, we know that as Christians, we can get sick. But we don't have to partake of sickness. Yeah, I know one, one person I know in church, he says, when, when, when sickness comes on me, I tell it to get out. You know, I, I, don't, I don't receive it. I just keep going on. And it doesn't attack them. Amen? And so we need to be like that. We need to, when, when, if sickness is trying to come on us, Jesus, you know, the Bible says in Isaiah 53, surely Jesus bore our sicknesses. I was reading that one day. I read that a lot. And it, it says, surely Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. And that, that word surely came out, you know, just big, surely, like most definitely. I mean, he did it. I mean, he paid the price. I mean, he, he surely, the, the price that he paid, he surely. 
Or you hear what I'm saying? He, he bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. And by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. And so we can stand on these scriptures. And when we stand on these scriptures, when sickness is trying to attack our life, we stand on these scriptures and we speak these scriptures. And you may speak it a little fearful. And you may speak it in, in, te- in your in, intimidation. Oh, my Jesus Christ, I'm healed, you know. But pretty soon you start speaking it over and over, and you'll become like a lion of the tribe of Judah, and you'll end up saying, yes, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed, delivered, and set free. Faith is progressive. And the Word of God will give you faith, and faith takes the promise, the grace of the promises of God, and brings it to us. Fear pushes it out. Faith brings it in. That's why it's impossible for you to please God without it. Amen. And you ha- if you have no word, you got no faith. <laughs> so I say, give me some word. Give me some word. Amen. And so we see here, and then we also need to have, uh, be free from the fear of getting sick. That swine flu is coming around. <laughs> that person's sick. You don't want to go pray for them unless you wear a mask, you know. Now, listen, listen, we live in a law of life in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, Paul said, we live in a law of life, and the law of life in Christ Jesus is greater than the law of sin and death. And you don't need to worry about getting this thing or getting that. When I watch those commercials, they try to freak you out on the commercials, don't they? Yeah. You know, and you got these different types of diseases. If you have this disease or this disease, if you had this implant done, if you had that and this, we can sue and get you money. Right? Cash! <laughs> no, that's Low Stanley, right? Cash! You know, oh, you guys get it later. <laughs> have you guys ever watched TV? I'm in the sanctified group here. <laughs> you guys are so sanctified. <laughs> <laughs> uh, freedom somebody say freedom, freedom. <laughs> so we're freedom from sickness and a fear of getting sick how do you how do you get free from that believe in the law of life in christ jesus amen. believe that the law of life in christ jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death amen and uh we're, we should be free from the curse of poverty and debt that's a good one amen I mean, because, you know what, in Matthew, Jesus talked about worry. And what is worry, what worry boiled down to, what Jesus talked about, was having a fear of not having finances, not having clothing, not having shelter. So our, we're worried about that, right? Jesus said, as Christians, we shouldn't be worried about those things. Amen. We, we, our focus shouldn't be on those things. And so, in other words, we're, we should be f- free of fear from worry of not having, you know, uh, our needs met. And so we need, we need to understand that. And, and so in, in, in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. What is that saying? Well, it's, it, it's a twofold meaning. Uh, one, one part of it is that Jesus was wealthy in heaven and he came down. He walked on 
streets of gold in heaven, he came down and walked on streets of dirt. They had pearly gates in heaven, you know, and they had gates of stone down here, you know. So, so in one sense, Jesus became bankrupt when he left heaven to come down here as a man. Amen. He stripped himself of his glory and of his power, and he became like a man, but he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so he stripped himself, amen. And, and, and a second part of it is that even though he was walking down here, he had every need met. So he wasn't in poverty when he walked down here. But he went in poverty when he went to the cross. And he was stripped naked on the cross. So, so, so he, he didn't walk in poverty. When some people say, well, you know, Jesus didn't have a, a, a pillow to lay his head on. You know, Jesus had his own house. Jesus could live. Jesus would say, oh, oh Zacchaeus, we're going to dine at your house today. Zacchaeus said, okay. Amen. And so, and so Jesus... He, he, he was not poor when he walked down here, but when he went, well, he was poor when coming from heaven, but he, when he went to the cross, he became poor for our sakes. So th- through his poverty, we may be, get wealth. In other words, have the wealth of heaven upon us. Is, is this helping anybody today? I'm trying to get it out. Is this, Amen. Are you one of these prosperity preachers? It's better than a poverty preacher. Glory to God, we could be in a hot place right now, you know. You know, we could be, we could be, I could be having church on Mount Trashmore or something or out in a parking lot. But thank God we have this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank God we believe, people believe in prosperity. Amen. Amen. And so in Deuteronomy 28, 12, and 13, it says, The Lord will open, and, and, we're, and we're redeemed from debt. That's what I want to get at, too. How many people are in debt in here? Well, I won't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But, you know, you can get the word of God so strong in you about debt. You know, the Bible says love God, you know, um, that um, we should owe no man nothing but to love him. And it says that in, in Romans chapter 13, I believe. And, and that, 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 that's a scripture that a, lot of, that a lot of believers have stood on to get out of debt. And I'm telling you, I believe I'm looking at some people out here that, that are coming out of debt and not going back in. Some of you, you're getting your credit cards paid off. You're getting your houses paid off. And you're going to owe no one anything but to love them. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And we have to believe in that and believe that God wants to do this. In Deuteronomy 28, 12, it's the blessing chapter. It says, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commands of the Lord, your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. you, Hallelujah. And last but not least, we're free from from sin. What, pastor? What do you mean? I still sin? Well, what I mean is we're, we're, we're free from habitual sin. In other words... We're going to miss God. We're going to miss the mark because we want to walk right. So there's going to be times where we miss it. But we don't have to go into sin on purpose. Amen. Romans 6, 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation, 
will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So what he's saying here is the devil's the tempter. So the devil will try to tempt us, but God will, will never cause the devil to give you such a great temptation that, that, you can fall, that, that you have to fall into it. In other words, the devil has no control over your life. In other words, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and the devil has to flee. So it's a matter of us submitting to God, resisting the devil, and he has to flee. Amen? Did you get something out of this today? Somebody say, I'm free in Christ. Hallelujah. And praise God. Let's, maybe you're here today, maybe you're a visitor, or maybe you're watching online, Facebook, Maybe you never made that. Maybe you, you aren't free today. Maybe you're bound up with a lot of things. Maybe you're bound up by religion, bound up by different things. Uh, uh, today is the day of salvation. I want you to pray this prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Dear God, I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead for my justification. I receive you today. As my Lord and Savior. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.